I would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which this episode is recorded, the Gubby Gubby people. I would also like to acknowledge the First Nations peoples and language groups across this entire nation in which conception, pregnancy and sacred motherhood knowledge has been shared. We pay our deepest respects to their elders past, present and emerging and further extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people today. Hello, hello and welcome. You are listening to the Oxytocin Hour. I'm your host, Dana. I'm a midwife, mum of five and all-round oxytocin enthusiast. People are all too willing to share their negative experiences of conception, pregnancy, labour, birth and beyond. The Oxytocin Hour is your safe haven, filled with positive experiences from mums, dads, doulas, midwives and everyone in between. Each week we will release a new episode with the intent to uplift and inspire you. Thank you so much for joining me here today. Now, let's get into today's episode. This and every episode of the Oxytocin Hour is strictly for entertainment purposes and is not to be used as medical advice. Welcome back to another episode of the Oxytocin Hour. Today's guest is Emma. Emma is a First Nations mama of one 18-month-old toddler, Gracie, who is passionate about healthy living and following your gut when it comes to all things pregnancy, birth, postpartum, and beyond. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you. It's great to be here. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm really excited to hear your story because I haven't actually heard it in its fullness. I've heard snippets, which every time we've had the discussion has been really interesting, so... If you just want to take it from wherever you want to start. Yeah, great. So I guess I will start with our preconception time. So um, we decided that, yeah, we wanted to start our little family. And I came off the pill and then gave myself about, we gave ourselves about six months from that time to get to know my body and my cycle and also to get us both at a point at a position where we felt really healthy Mm. in ourselves. Um, So we were eating really well. I went and saw a naturopath and got, um, I got some blood tests done as well to check my levels of everything. um, So that we felt like we were in the best place to start. um, And what what was everything? Like when you had the six months, did your period just return straight back to like, a normal cycle or did it take a little while so it was um i was pretty lucky in that it did but the length of the cycle was longer okay. than a normal 28 day cycle quote unquote normal mm-hmm. but then it came back to like the month that we were going to try that's when it was bang on a 28 day so it sort of like all kind of fell into place um, and in the meantime, I got things like my iron checked because obviously that's a, um, something that can be depleted during pregnancy and birth and all of those things, um, and vitamin D and things that are important for just general health, I guess. Yeah. And, um, so I got all of those things checked and supplemented. I think I supplemented with vitamin D a little bit. Um, and yeah, I just wanted to really have all bases covered. So I guess... Also, my background, I'm a PT, and so we, and so is my partner, Nick. So, generally, we're quite healthy people, 
but we I think we really honed in on that in that six months and really focused on making sure we could be like the best physical shape I guess yeah to be able to um bring a beautiful little baby into the world so yeah so we um did all of that prep and Nick included and I think that's quite important because I think there's a there's a lot of focus on the mother and like making sure that she's healthy and that sort of stuff but people think that they forget about the partner yeah whereas like a lot of issues can arise if the if the partner's not yet healthy as well so that was something that was important for us and then I guess in that time as well I'm I'm trying to remember how I first like got invested in learning about all things birth I think Mm. I heard it on a podcast and then I got into listening to more and more podcasts and then I by the time I was pregnant I had a pretty solid idea of which way I wanted to go with um, my birth care and how I wanted my birth to look um, and things that I agreed with and things that I didn't agree with so I already had started forming these opinions which was pretty cool because Especially for, like, your first, first pregnancy. pregnancy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think the big thing with that is probably because I had all these resources available to me and I'd heard f- so many... When I listened to podcasts, I'd heard a lot of mums talk about their traumatic first birth experience mm-hmm. and then they were then trying to recover that for their second. And so I thought, okay, well, how about I try and not have a traumatic <laughs> birth for the first time? I try time. not have to fix anything. I have to it's fix like, anything. Let's just go from yeah, exactly like let's cool. like try and you know have everything the way we want to have it. Um, and I think another big thing for me was that my mum had two emergency cesareans, mm. um, and so that was always in the back of my mind. And whenever I'd heard about them. Firstly, um, can't remember if she was, no, she wasn't induced for me. I, she went into spontaneous labor with me, but then for whatever reason, she wasn't progressing. And then my heart rate was dropping. Um, this is just what I'm hearing secondhand. And then she ended up having an emergency cesarean. And then with my brother, she went in, she had an induction and, um, oh no, it might've been the other way around. Sorry. She was induced for me mm-hmm. and not with my brother. Anyway, both ended in an emergency cesarean, which wasn't ideal. Um, and some of the messaging I got about that was that she was too small and we were too big to yeah. birth um, vaginally. And so that's what I'd always heard growing up. And I have the same build as my mum. So I, in the back of my mind, had that, oh, what if I'm too small to birth vaginally? Like, yeah. What if that's a thing? Um to be fair, on my mum, we were really quite big babies. Yes. But, <laughs> but still, I think people can still birth whatever size yes. baby. Um, so that was in the back of my mind. And I I wanted to make sure that I sort of had all bases covered so that I really wanted to have a vaginal birth. And I didn't want that to be just my thing that I accepted, like that that's how birth would go, that, oh, I'm, I'm going to be too small, so I might have to have a cesarean so I really wanted to do everything in my power preconception and then during the pregnancy to for everything to go kind of the way I wanted like to manifest this beautiful positive birth yeah 
Um, so when we started trying, um, we were really fortunate that we um, fell pregnant straight away, cool. which is really cool. So which cycle was that? So that was, um, I think, like the sixth one, like if we're talking like six months. Yes. Um, and then we were like, yeah, we're going to okay, try. let's start. <laughs> okay, let's start now. And we fell pregnant, which was amazing and and quite funny because it was so like planned that I hadn't even missed my period yet, but I thought I might be pregnant. So I took a pregnancy test before I'd even like had the, had miss. the missed period. <laughs> but I was like, no, I think I think something's happening. I'm gonna I'm gonna test. Um, and then I even because I I guess when you're first time mum as well, and when you fall pregnant, the thing that you do quote unquote is go to your GP. Yes. And so I did that and I said, look, I haven't even missed my period, but here's two pregnancy tests yeah. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure I'm pregnant. Um, and so then she recommended that I, she was very, you know, excited for me, but she recommended that I wait until about seven weeks to do an early dating scan okay. to, um, I guess, confirm the pregnancy, which at the time I was happy with. But now, looking back, I think... I don't know if I would even bother with bother that. to do it, this yeah. time, Like, next time around, if I if we went again, because I feel like I would just be more confident in myself and how I feel and know that, yeah, we are having a baby or yes. we're not. Um, and I think that's a big theme as you go. Like, you... You kind of learn more and you feel more confident in your own choices. Um, and even though I thought I was very confident in my choices, and I think for a first time mum, I was, mm. there's still like little things that I might do slightly differently. I think you can like look back and critique so much of like what you've done in any, well, in anything in your life, but yeah, yeah especially with pregnancy and stuff, because when it's something that you're thinking about going through again, it's like, it yes. just, it's like it replays in your mind. Yeah. You're like, like yeah. would I do that differently? Exactly. Like one of the yeah. things, so my doctor was very thorough, even in the preconception. So she knew that we were planning. She was very thorough in making sure that I was quote unquote healthy okay. um, as well. But one of the things she did was look at like my vaccination status. Like, am mm. I, am I vaccinated against all these different, you know, things um, which from a medical perspective is important, but I don't know that I would be that worried about that sort yeah. of stuff this time around. Like one of them was like chicken pox and I had lost my immunity for that. And I can't even remember if I, I think I did get it. I got it again just because, just because they recommended just like, yeah, to get it. Definitely have that. Yeah. yeah. And so just little things like that. I'm like, I don't think I would, looking back, I don't think I'd bother with that again. But mm -hmm. as I said, we had kind of all bases covered. Um, and so then she asked me what model of care I wanted to, if I, like, firstly, she asked me if I thought about what model of care I wanted to go down mm -hmm. and I already had. Um, so I knew I wanted to do midwifery group practice because mm -hmm. I'd heard about that and, um, having that one-on-one -on -one with a midwife, although in Brisbane, the, the option, if you go through the public system is to have three on one. So you have three midwives um, who care for you. So you get to know them. You kind of have one primary one, but I still felt like it was just a rotating. Like someone different each time. Each like time. one, two, three, one, two, three. Yeah. 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 
And so I knew I wanted to do that, but I also knew that was hard to get into. And then I heard that they had the Narama Midwifery Group program, which is for Indigenous Australians, and I'm an Indigenous Australian. Um, so I put in to go through them and I got in straight away, which was really great. And then I think my first appointment with them was at about 14 weeks, cool. potentially, or 16 weeks. And then it went from there. So I had, yeah, I had three midwives, I would say, mm-hmm. and I kind of just rotated through. And my experience there was lovely. They were all um, really kind and listened to all of my preferences. Um, but there were still things that I had to bring up whereas um, if I didn't they would have just gone through their usual hospital policy okay so for example one of the things that they said was this is getting towards the end of the pregnancy where we're talking about okay what's going to happen like if you go into spontaneous labor I said you know what happens and then they said so we would bring you in and then you would go into the orc which is the obstetrics review center Mm -hmm. Then you'd go straight into the orc for 20 minutes um, just to monitor baby before then going into birth center. Yeah. And I was like, hold on. Why do I need to go (laughs) and do that? (laughs) And I think that was the same for you with Max's Yes. Yeah. And so that was one thing where I said, actually, can I not do that? Because Mm. I don't want to go into a room with bright lights and lay on a bed and be strapped to a bed Mm. when I just want this labor to progress as naturally as possible um I want to have you know a dark lit room at, at the birth center once I got there that's what it was like it was yeah. beautiful dark lit and there's no way I would have wanted to go Just to be in this orc. like yeah yes. and it's like a tiny box room as well yes. like nothing about it is welcoming or calming no <laughs> no exactly so that was one thing that I said and what did they say though? And, and they said that, that would be fine um but it's just funny that they didn't give me that option like I had to bring that up with them yeah um which I find funny because what if I didn't um you just would have gone I would have just gone to all then yeah yeah and that would have not been a very fun time so I um I told them with my preferences that I would really like to have a water birth Mm -hmm. if possible if all goes to plan and they said, okay, no worries, except uh, if you don't get monitored in ORC, then we have to, I think the hospital policy is that to be able to get into the pool, you need um, a vaginal exam to check that you're dilated mm. enough. I think it's like mm, four or five centimetres potentially. Um, and I sort of did question that and I think I, I, I think I maybe just agreed to that but I always sort of questioned if I really needed that yeah you're like that's weird but yeah. like also okay. yeah also yeah. I, I do want to get in the water so like and now looking back this is one of the things that I look back and think next time around you know I might potentially decline that yes um <laughs> because it was literally that was probably one of the worst parts was I had to lay on my back for that and wait for a contraction to finish. And I didn't lay on my back any other time in the labor, yeah. like not once, except for that time. So if I can avoid that, that would be great. Yes, because <laughs> it's not comfortable. No. You're like, it doesn't feel 
natural. No, exactly. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Um, But I'm sort of skipping ahead now. Anyway, but um, (laughs) yeah, so that was just like one or two things that I feel like I had to voice myself. Otherwise, they would have just gone the normal hospital route, whatever their normal policy is. Um, In saying that, when I did voice my concerns or things I wanted to do differently, they were totally all for whatever I wanted, which was really nice. I didn't ever have, didn't ever feel like I was um, fighting them or being coerced into something I didn't want to do or anything like that. That's so, really good. So that was really yeah. good. Yeah. And I really um, loved all of those ladies. They were really lovely. Um, so I guess throughout my pregnancy as well, I, I was very fortunate in that I had an easy pregnancy, I would say, um, which I think is partly just luck of the draw. Like I, I got some nausea from about five to 12 weeks, mm-hmm. but it wasn't debilitating in any way, but it, it was uncomfortable. Like you don't want to feel nauseous, but I wasn't like bedridden or anything like that. Um, so I was lucky that I didn't have that, but then I made sure that I stayed active um, and I think I put that down to, you know, all my preconception or my whole life up until this point, I guess, with being active and... So it was like pre-preconception. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, and I tried to keep that going during my pregnancy. One, because it, it's what made me feel good doing exercise and staying active and healthy, but also because I knew that I'm going to have this marathon challenge of giving birth coming up mm-hmm. and I, I don't want to have done nothing for nine months yeah. <laughs> um so I was really lucky in that I got to keep doing all of that stuff and I made made it a priority that and I think I always laugh now because I I probably train more while I was pregnant than I do now with a toddler because yeah. it's way harder with a toddler <laughs> yes it was, it was way easier when she was on the inside yeah. <laughs> like way easier and I didn't have any other kids and I just do some training, go have a nap in the afternoon. So that... It looks a little different it, now. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I'm i so grateful for that time um, because I know any future pregnancies are going to be very different in that aspect. <laughs> um, so yeah, I my pregnancy was... I loved being pregnant, which I'm very grateful for because I know some people have... Um, a tough time, mm. but I really loved it, and I loved the changes in my body, and yeah, I just loved everything about it. <laughs> and um, and then so when it when I started feeling those first uh, little niggles, I guess. So if we fast forward, I was active throughout the whole pregnancy, and then the day I went into labor, I did a workout in the morning just because I wanted to keep my body moving, but I. Maybe I subconsciously knew um, that I might go into labor because I was mindful of not making my legs especially sore in the workout that I did. Oh. Like, mm-hmm. I, I was like, okay, I'm not going to do, um, you know, squats and things like mm-hmm. that. I'm just going to do like a little bit of upper body because mm-hmm. I don't want my legs to be sore because I feel like I potentially might need them later. Yes. <laughs> and I did. <laughs> <laughs> so I did my workout in the morning. I felt some, like, little twinges. And it felt like period pain. Mm -hmm. And I was a little bit confused because I didn't really have any Braxton Hicks throughout the pregnancy, Mm -hmm. though. Which can be quite common 
for first because I was exactly the same first time yeah. pregnancies it's like you don't feel I don't know if it's because oh, I'm not gonna sound very smart but like <laughs> your uterus hasn't been stretched before yes so with so you don't every really subsequent... feel it exactly yeah and then subsequent pregnancies I felt them stronger and stronger each mm. pregnancy so it'll be interesting if you get it next time yeah, yeah that makes sense yes so because I hadn't had any Braxton Hicks I thought so I was 39 weeks on the dot that yeah. day when I did that that workout in the morning but I thought I haven't had any Braxton Hicks though like I can't just go from nothing to into labor mm-hmm. but turns out I did <laughs> <laughs> so I had these little um period like pains throughout the day and then by about 5 p.m that afternoon they were strong enough that I felt like I needed to go like no sorry I went to lie down to kind of preserve energy but then I felt like I couldn't like I was too uncomfortable Mm. to lie down and so that made me think actually maybe something is happening and I remember messaging Nick my partner and saying can you get make sure the car seat is ready (laughs) because like in the car yeah I don't think it was (laughs) or maybe it was no I don't think it was I'm like this is not a drill. Can you please put the car seat, like make sure the car seat's in the car. And what did he say? And he's like, oh, okay. (laughs) Like he was a little bit shocked, but he was so good. So in this whole time where I, during the pregnancy, when I'm educating myself on my preferences and what I want, Mm. and I should backtrack, we did a hypnobirthing course at home. The lady came to our house. Um, Nick learned a lot in that period of time about birth and pregnancy and all of that and so he he was like such a good birth partner when it came down to it because whilst he when I said oh baby might be coming and he he was a bit nervous obviously by the time he got home he got home at about seven that night and I said I think this is happening and I just remember him saying that's okay that's good that's that's exciting and he like made me feel so much better because I was a bit nervous. Yeah, by that. and you would have been on your own as well, so you're just like, Hello. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, whereas he could have been like, Oh my god, yeah, it's starting. The baby's coming. Like, but he was so calm. Oh at least god. on the outside, he was. I don't know yes. if he was. <laughs> so that was really nice and reassuring because I, I said, I'm gonna hop in the shower, and he's like, Yeah, cool. Like, that's good. Remember, like, this is what, this is how it's supposed to happen. Like. So that was really, yeah, reassuring. And then I remember it was 8 p.m., around about 8 p.m., and I hopped out of the shower by then, and I was feeling okay, but he had the TV on, and then it was around then that I was like, you need to turn that off now. Like, this is starting to, I'm starting to feel like I need to go into a different space, Mm -hmm. and we can't have that TV on now. Like yes. this is, this is not just like, Oh, I can talk through, I could still talk, but you know, I'm like, no, we need to, I need to focus now. Yeah. <laughs> like you'd gone up a level. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Cool. And, he, and he's like, okay. So we, um, uh, he bought this red light for when we had Bubba for, so that, you know, in the middle of the night, we didn't have to turn on this like bright white light in the middle of the night. So yes. we have this red light that we used, that we use with her which is really good. So he got that out and we dimmed all the lights in the house, but we had the red light on. Um, and I had a TENS machine that I'd borrowed and I had that. And um, from about 8 p.m. until 11-ish p.m., I was at home laboring. 
with him, which goes so quickly. Like, mm-hmm. it felt like, I don't know, 20 minutes, half an hour, but it was a few hours. Were you doing your hypnobirthing? Like, were you... Yes. Yeah. I never actually put the tracks on. I think, no, I think I did put one track on, but then it was almost um, distracting. Yes. Um, so I had been practicing my hypnobirthing, my meditations, all the way through practicing my breathing. So that aspect... Um, I was already used to like practicing my breathing and all of that. But when it came down to actually, um, I didn't, yeah, I felt like the, the tracks were a bit distracting when I, um, tried to use them. So instead I just went with my own breathing, um, and had the tens machine, which I quite liked, um, initially. And then Nick, I think I called my midwife about 9 p.m. and said, hey, this is happening. And she heard me have a contraction over the phone. They were still... Uh, actually, they were, they were pretty frequent. They were maybe three three minutes apart. Okay. Um, and like one minute long. But I could still talk to her. Um, during, in between? In between. Not um, during? Not during at yep. this stage. Yeah, I could still talk to her in between. She heard me breathe through one. Um... But then by the time it was like 10, 30, 11, I, I told Nick to call her and I didn't want to talk anymore. Okay. Like, so that's, it had changed by then. Yes. And I said, because I was conscious of, uh, so the way I felt most comfortable laboring was actually when a contraction would come, I needed to be standing and I was, um, holding onto Nick's shoulders Mm -hmm. so kind of like leaning and holding on to Nick so he was like taking some of my weight that's how I felt most comfortable contracting and even at that stage I knew I didn't want to be in the car any sort of further along because I wouldn't be able to stand up yes so even though I thought that I wanted to labor at home for longer I decided early on no no I want to get to where I'm going to birth so that I can stand up through these contractions so I don't want to be right at the end and then have to squish into a car yeah (laughs) so um I yeah I rang the midwife and oh Nick rang for me and she because first time mum she's like are you sure you want to come in that you know you've only been laboring like three hours or Mm. so and I was like no I want to come in because of the car ride and I know that this is definitely happening like I felt like there's no way it's going to fizzle out Mm -hmm. from now um so made it in And then, what did Nick tell me recently that I can't even remember? I think it was that I was facing backwards in the car. Um, (laughs) And I'm like, I just don't it's a blur, the car ride. But I made it to the hospital. Um, (laughs) And so you don't remember the ride at all? Not really. Like, I remember pulling um, up on the handle of the door. Yes. So I wasn't sitting my weight down for some reason, like, being, like, the pressure, the like pressure, yeah. Pulling myself up felt better, so I don't really remember that except just kind of closing my eyes and it being blurry lights outside. And then we made it. I do remember the walk from the car park because I wasn't like about to have a baby. He didn't have to like stop in the emergency bay and okay. like rush me in. So we could park in the car park. Um, but then it took, it I think it took half an hour to get from the car park to the birth center oh my god because, <laughs> because i stopped like six times like six different contractions and what time is this is it like um, the middle of the night yeah or... it's like 11 30 <laughs> okay. i think and then by the time i got in there 
They're like, oh, hi, Emma. So, yeah, Nick had rang my midwife on the way. And um, it turns out that I was just super lucky that one of the more experienced midwives in water births happened to be on shift at that time because I said what if so my midwife I think she could do water births but the other two in my little midwifery group practice program they weren't registered or whatever the word is to do water births so I said what if they're on and I want to have water birth and and they said oh well then we could ring this other lady but she just happened to be there anyway so that was so good (laughs) that was really good so um, but by the time we got in there, I already didn't want to talk to anyone. <laughs> I was already sort of within. I could hear everything that was going on and everything sort of, you know, made sense. But I wasn't verbally saying much mm. to them. So, yeah, we got in there at about 11.30, And then the first sort of thing, actually, then it was like, Pretty much only an hour after that, she said, oh, Emma, this is where we have to do that vaginal examination if you want to get into the water. Mm. And um, I did agree to that then. Um, But as I said, I spent all my labor up until that point standing whenever I had a contraction. And so then to, I said, okay, but you have to, we have to do it quickly. Like... (laughs) Like, quick, quick, quick. quick. <laughs> like, after this next contraction, I'm going to lie down and you've got to do it. Like, yeah. because I don't want to be on my back for a contraction because that felt like it would have been awful. I didn't even feel comfortable. I thought I may feel comfortable on all fours. Like, a lot of women labor on all fours and they feel comfortable doing that and over, like, a beanbag or something. And I tried that and I just, like, didn't not like it. No, yeah. not for me. Um, and so I was... I moved to the shower and I spent a lot of time in the shower and I had one of the shower heads on my belly and then Nick had the other one on my back and I was sitting on an exercise ball, I think, in the shower. But then every time there was a contraction, I would stand up, pass Nick the um, the other one in my hand yeah. and then lean on his shoulders. And so I would stand and then I think he would, I would breathe with him and then I think he put both of the shower heads on my back when I did that. Nice. Um, That that sounds good. (laughs) It was really nice. And um, so it's so funny. Like, I would have done a thousand squats that night because (laughs) from, like, from sitting on the ball and then up and then back down and then up and down. So I'm, like, lucky, one, that I've done squats all my adult life and I've made my legs strong (laughs) and lucky, two, that I didn't overdo it in that workout in the morning because then I would have you know, my legs could have given up before yeah. my, the rest of my body. Um, and it was so funny because after one of, this is, you know, a few hours in, after one of the contractions, I saw Nick go like, oh, and kind of readjust. And then later on, he told me that his back was on fire <laughs> from me leaning on him. Right. <laughs> but he's like, obviously I can't stop or complain because you're in labor. Yes. <laughs> You're in a bit more pain, but he said my back was so sore, which was so funny. Poor, poor guy, because I was just leaning on him every time. He was probably like bracing, like bracing himself. Yeah. Every time. Like when you start breathing differently, like you're having another one, he's probably like, he's like, okay. here we go. And then he's standing up as well every time. That's um, cool. But which I, I did feel for him though, because at least when you're 
in labor you're in a, you're in a lot of pain but you're in like another world mm. whereas nick's just in his normal world and he has really sore back he's got, he's got no hormones he's got no he doesn't yeah, have he's any of those like, changes exactly it's just like, he's just like ow <laughs> oh, oh, I'll, I'll stand here um but, but lucky he decided to get on top of his like health and stuff beforehand as it, you were saying yeah like, exactly not just important for conception but also but, yeah, yeah exactly like being that literally rock like <laughs> Figuratively and (laughs) physically, because I like literally lent on him during the labor, and he was so beautiful. He was. There were a few times where, um, yeah, I might cry out in pain or something like that. Most of the time, I was able to just control my breathing, but I did make sounds. Um, and he would say stuff like, "You're doing, you're doing great." Like every, um, you're getting closer and closer. We're gonna meet our little girl Gracie soon, and he said all the right things, Aww. which is so beautiful. Yeah. Um, yeah, and so we, I was in the shower for, like, quite a long time. And it's funny, I didn't want any more vaginal exams. But in the moment, I almost was like... Because as a first-time mum, first time going into labour, you do and you don't know what's happening. Like, I didn't... And I'm like is this making any difference? Am I progressing or am I still like 12 hours away? Yeah. You know, and I, I asked, I was like, can you check me again? <laughs> um, and then... And what were you the first time when she did check? I was only about... Well, I say only, but it was still quite good. I was only about four or five okay, centimetres. Yeah. Um, but at least I knew I was like, you know, you're, you're, things are happening. Yes. I mean, it's sort of... I mean, established labour. It's not like I was one centimetre. Mm. Um but I thought, okay, so I've still got a little while, so I won't hop in the pool yet, the birth pool. I'll hop in the shower instead okay. and use that as pain relief. Cool. Um, and where was I? Oh, so yeah. You asked I asked for another one. And she said to me, Emma, um, uh, I'm not going to do that because you've told me that you, you know, don't. If I had have really pushed it, she would have yeah, obliged. Course. But she said, remember, Emma, you told me you don't want this. Like, um, so how about you just keep going? And then that was really great, the way she handled that. Good. And I thought, okay, yeah, you're right, you're right. Um, and so funny, I thought, you know, halfway through, I thought, well, I'm never going to do this again. This is awful. <laughs> <laughs> like, and because of, like, um, getting myself... Um, like learning so much about birth and I was really excited to go into labor. Um, I thought, you know, this, what an amazing thing to happen. Right. And then when it's, when it was in the depths of it, I'm like, why was I excited (laughs) about this? This is awful. (laughs) And it, it is right. Like it is very hard, but it's still all those amazing things. So like it can be both at the same time, I think. Um, but in the moment I, I felt annoyed at myself for being so excited about it. I was like, you idiot, this is awful. Like, it's hard. Um, but anyway, so we're, I'm laboring along. And as I said, I tried, after I got out of the shower, I tried on all fours. Didn't really work for me. So then I, again, I was like, Nick, you're up. I need my rock here. <laughs> so I'm leaning on him again. And then the midwife said, okay, Emma, we're going to start filling up the birth pool. You can get in the birth pool soon. And I was like, oh, kind of happy, kind of at this point, like, whatever. Like, I'm so in my own zone now. I could hear stuff going on and they were explaining things to me. Um, But I 
yeah, I was just so internal at that point. Um, but then I did get in the birth pool. And one thing that I do remember is I instinctively, um, so I was, if you can imagine, Nick was sitting on the edge of the birth pool and so he, was he in? So he out? wasn't in. So his feet in. were in. Okay. Like his legs were in. Yes. And then I was leaning over his um, knees, so he could see like my head and my shoulders and um, my back, I guess. And I'm leaning over his knees, kind of like imitating what I was doing out of the water, like standing and leaning on yes. him. But I was just leaning on his knees, um, but in the water. And then I instinctively actually closed my knees together. Mm. Um, and now looking back, and the midwife said, oh, what are you doing? Like, you know, don't, like, close up. But now that I think about it, if you do that position where you've got your knees close and your mm-hmm. feet apart, that actually helps open up your pelvis. Um, A lot of midwives don't know that. Like, yeah. the amount of births I've been at where they'd be like, come on, sweetie, open your legs nice mm. and wide. And I'm yeah. just like, no! Yeah. Like, what the hell? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I'm kind of annoyed that... Because then I was like, oh, okay. And then I... So you um, listened to what she said. I listened to what she said. I opened my legs really wide. And of course, it didn't feel that good. And Mm. it it felt like it was closing things up, if anything. Yeah. Um, And then now looking back, you know, it's easy to look back and think, oh, what if I did that differently? Because I ended up with a little... Or with a second degree tan. Okay. And I think, you know, if... I was doing what I sort of instinctively felt was right. Perhaps the birth canal, like the, could have opened wider, and potentially I may not have got that tear, but I may still have got it at the same time. Yeah. Who knows? Um, but then, yeah, when I hopped in the pool, I within fifteen minutes I was I was at the pushing stage, and I I said to I think I did say out loud, I feel like I need to push. And she said, if you feel that, go for it. You can, because I wasn't sure if I should go, if I should lean into it or not, because your first time mum as well, you're like, I've never, ever <laughs> felt this feeling in my life. Don't know what I'm doing, really. Um, but she said, yeah, lean it, like, go for it. If you want to push with it, you can. And so I felt like it felt natural for me to do that uh-huh. when I felt those urges. Um, and yeah, it's such an amazing feeling and your body is just doing so much work and Nick said that because he could see like my back and he said (laughs) with each contraction like all my back muscles were like tightening like every little muscle in my body he could see was like on yeah um during those contractions and he was just like blown away by what he was witnessing Mm. I guess and then so we got to I could feel her like definitely she had dropped down she was like right you know right there and then I felt a pop so my waters hadn't broken yet so then they broke in the birth pool cool which was really cool which was like oh what did you think what was that (laughs) yeah Yeah, it was kind of it was quite um forceful Mm. yeah did you hear it because I don't remember hearing it but I felt it and I knew what it was but at the same time I was like oh what was that (laughs) it was um yeah interesting feeling and then after that, so my pushing time was only like 18 minutes or something, which mm-hmm. is pretty quick. 
So yeah, then she was she was down there, and then I felt like the so with that release of your membranes, did you really feel her move? Then yeah. and you're like, wow, that's it. She's yeah. yeah. I'm thinking like I can feel a head like my <laughs> I'm like I can feel my pelvis is wide now. Like, yeah, there's a head there, um, and that really like motivated me too because this whole time I'm like am I progressing am I you know of course. am I getting closer or do I have another 30 hours of this being a first time mom um but when I could it wasn't until like I could literally feel her head that I was almost relieved like okay it's nearly over like you do, you're doing a really good yeah. job like keep going <laughs> um because even though there's no way in my birth plan that I wanted an epidural that thought crossed my mind in the middle of labor mm-hmm. because it's such a huge demand on your body. But then the thing that stopped me was the thought of like stopping for a needle. There's no way I would have been able to do that. <laughs> because like, Hang on, I'm standing I'm up. I'm standing up. No, sorry. I'm standing up now. <laughs> I'm sitting down, standing up all, all over the place. So yeah. Um, not that I, I don't think it would have actually gone through with it anyway, but um, yeah. I was so active that there's no way I could have done that anyway. <laughs> but yeah, then um, I could feel like the ring of fire that people describe. Mm. Um, and then with one, with the next push, her head was out. And the midwife said, oh my gosh, she's so beautiful. Like, um, she's looking at me. Like, <laughs> she's looking at me with one eye. Which is such a, just such an amazing, like, I'm just... I can't see her, so yes. I'm just like, what? I have a baby half out of me, and you know, I'm just like trying to comprehend how amazing that is, but at the same time, trying to keep it together and focus on like this what next contraction. Yeah. And I think it was either just before that, or or when her head was actually out, that she rotated, oh. like she moved herself, and that was so you uncomfortable. Could feel it? Yeah. yeah, so icky. I was like, oh, what are you doing? <laughs> Please don't do that, baby. But obviously they know, like, they're getting themselves into a good position. Um, And one thing that the midwife said it was part of their policy, which I now um, question a little bit, but doesn't bother me either way, Mm. is that their policy, at the hospital at least, is if the baby's head is born, nobody is allowed to touch it, including Mm. me or Nick. Um, in case there's the fear that they might take a breath yeah. um, underwater. So I was totally happy to oblige with that, and I'm not, it's not like I was yearning to do that anyway. I was going to say, did you feel like an urge to be like, to I t- want to touch her and be like, no? No, yeah. I, I didn't feel that, so I don't regret not touching her or anything like that. But then when I think about what I've seen with other water births, of course, um, mums do do that and touch their yeah. babies, so I question that policy a little bit um but anyway so she was just hanging out in two worlds for however long maybe a minute or less between that contraction and the next which is just so wild and then the (laughs) next (laughs) and then the next contraction came and that was the one that I pushed her out and the midwife caught her and brought her up and then I had to sort of turn around because she was like behind me and I was happy for her to do that. I wasn't um, worried about, you know, like a lot of moms want to be the first person to touch the baby. Yes. Um, but I wasn't concerned too much with that because yeah. I got her 
straight away afterwards. But then <laughs> I turned around and I'm just like in shock and, you know, like this is amazing. And then she's like, um, but, but she's behind me and the, um, obviously the cord's attached. Yes. And I'm like, how do I get my leg? <laughs> like I had to flip my leg over the cord yeah. <laughs> to be able to get her, which is like a hard thing to do when you've just had a baby. But anyway, and then I brought her in into my chest and she started crying straight away and it was just like so beautiful and I just was instinctively like knew that she was mine and like I feel like I knew how to be her mum straight away yeah it was so nice and now looking back um so she's 18 months old now and we have such a close bond um and connection and I feel like I already had that from day one, mm -hmm. which I'm really grateful for. And because I know like a lot of some first time mums might feel a bit of disconnect or they might question, oh, I don't know what I'm doing. And I did have definitely have like some moments of that, like during, you know, just different things that happened. But I always trust, trusted my intuition and my gut more so mm -hmm. like over things. And that started, yeah, in the preconception during the pregnancy and then when she was here and then it's just solidified more and more with the more I learn and get to know her um, and I just know now like, whatever my gut is telling me is what I go with and yeah. I feel um, proud of myself for doing that and then if I don't I feel like absolute shit because I feel like, <laughs> like I didn't oh, listen. why yeah. didn't I listen to yeah. myself like I knew that wasn't what felt right mm. um, but yeah, so then our little baby girl was born, Gracie, and she came out, we always joke, she catfished me because she came out looking like me and now she looks nothing like okay. me. <laughs> so she came out and she had like black hair. Yeah. Um, and I swear she was like darker skinned yeah. and now she's like, looks like her dad, just like white and blonde hair. But anyway, <laughs> I'm like... She, she, and she was like, that's so that you'd be attached. Yeah. Like, oh, it's a mini me. And yeah. then you're like, hang on a second. Yeah. And then a few months pass and she's just like looking more and more like her dad. Um, no, she's so beautiful. And, and I think the connection with Nick was really strong as well, which is beautiful. Yeah. Um, for example, when we, oh, so we were in the pool for a little bit. Um, and then, but then the pool turned red quite quickly quite quickly and did Nick get into it like, he didn't no he was just like I had turned around he was still seated but I was right there sitting with him and he was like looking down cool. on us and like touching her and cuddling us I guess from behind um and he was just like in awe of what he had witnessed yeah. and and been a part of and then we got out and I and from that point on like it was just me or him touching Gracie um except for like late maybe later on when I think she got her vitamin k injection like yeah. that was the only time she was separate um and then yeah so his connection with her was really strong from the start as well um so I remember being in the bed so we we're in birth center so the bed was this beautiful big double bed mm -hmm. um not like a small hospital bed so we were both just snuggled up in bed with her and we were both very tired because we just been through this massive 
labor and it was through the night so we hadn't slept and what was her time of birth so her time of birth was 3 52 a.m okay so which um and i got into the hospital about 11 30 p.m cool. so it was like pretty fast for a first time yeah um yeah so we when we got out of the pool um i wanted to do delayed cord clamping mm-hmm. so um we waited until the cord was white and not pulsating and then nick cut the cord um but it's so funny some people are like oh dad cut the cord and get a photo with dad and like it's this big thing and it can be for some people but we just like couldn't even care less about that at that yeah. point we were just so obsessed with staring at gracie like she's amazing like yeah yeah whatever um like put the placenta in a bucket and we'll we, we ended up taking it um but like, yeah. we'll look at it later. Yeah, we'll yeah. look at it later. Like, <laughs> look at this baby. She's yeah. amazing. Like, um, and then, yeah, when we were in the bed all snuggled up, um, the one of the midwives said, oh, do you want me to wrap her and I can put her in the bassinet so you guys can sleep? And Nick was like, no, no. You know, they, there's no way we wanted yeah. to part with her mm. at that point. She was just this, like, amazing little snuggly thing that we had to keep safe from then on. Um, and that was when we... And... and so Nick had um, messaged both of our mums when we were on the way to hospital at 11pm the previous night and said, hey, we're on our way to hospital, just letting you know. Because they didn't, because I was 39 weeks and I hadn't told them that I was feeling any pain. So that was the first that, that they were hearing that I might be in, in labour. Yep. And then he, then he was like, hey, we're on our way to hospital, Emma's in labour, and then chucked his phone away, and then was, you know, just with me the whole time. So mum, my poor mum, and mother-in-law were like, oh my god, I hope everything's okay. Like, And mum, she was she's so beautiful, she knew that I really wanted a vaginal birth, so she said that she was just at home praying, like, please let it happen, please let it happen, which is really lovely. so sweet. Yeah, and so we messaged them at about 6am, being like, look who's here little Gracie and then that was the most one of the most fun times like and then we called them and and then messaging our friends being like look what we have and we were just in this um this big double bed all snuggly together like it was just so beautiful and and fun I remember being so excited to share the news Mm. with everyone and my brother and sister-in-law and yeah that was just um beautiful I really cherish that time and I sometimes I like go back and look at those messages that I sent and like how excited we felt and and just staring at this beautiful little baby you have to screenshot them and like keep the yes because I've I've done that as well like yeah yeah Yeah. and then because you look at like you know when it changed from um me messaging Nick to being like hey make sure the car seat is is ready to then you know the baby's here um, so Gracie was born, she was only 2.84 kilos, mm-hmm. so smallish, um, which I was grateful for. Oh, that's right. The the pool, um, there was some blood in the pool. And when I got out, they they were like, oh, Emma, you, we will, um, you have a tear. So we'll have to get you stitched up for that. Yeah. Um, and but then I was able to birth the placenta naturally. They weren't like rushing me to. They didn't offer me um, the needle to the syntocin to get that. It was all fine. Yeah. Um. 
so I birthed the placenta, which felt weird. Um, and then, but then soon-ish after that, then we had to be wheeled into a theater room, I guess. Um, and I had my legs up in stirrups, bright lights, yeah. and I was getting stitched up and I had to get a needle first to obviously numb down there. And then they did off, they said, do you want some gas like for the pain of the needle and stuff? Yeah. And it was funny that I hadn't had any pain relief other than being in water mm. for the whole birth. And then I, I thought maybe I'll try the gas, but then I just didn't want to. So all I, I just kept looking at Gracie. At least I had my baby at that point. Yes. Right. And just looking at her and thinking how amazing she is and trying not to think about what was going on <laughs> down there because that is painful, especially... After you've had a natural birth, it's already tender. It's like, tender, yeah. and then, and at least with it with labor, you know you can feel when a contraction's coming. You can breathe through it and stuff, but you can't breathe through. Well, you sort of can, but you know, then like somebody stitching you <laughs> and having a needle down there is so different. Yeah. Um, and then having my legs up in stirrups, and I, I just thought, oh my gosh, I'm so grateful that the birth went the way it did, and that I didn't birth in this position, like yeah. with bright lights on, feet in stirrups, like um, that would have been awful for me at least. Mm. Um, and then yeah, had a little baby back in the room, and tried. Uh, we tried to do the breast crawl. We tried to let her do the breast crawl, and she was doing it. She was trying to um, get to the nipple and suckle. But at the time, because I obviously I never breastfed before, I I think I had like flat nipples, so she couldn't latch. Yeah. Um, and the midwives were trying to help me kind of shape the nipple to help her. Um, but she was having a little bit of trouble latching. Um, but I had done some antenatal expressing, um, so like expressed colostrum prior to having her. So I had a few syringes of colostrum cool. so I did a mixture of her latching when she could and when we could figure it out and giving her some cool. colostrum which was great um and you brought that with you when and, you were in labor were you like quick get the yeah, colostrum that's good because well, some people leave them yeah I know and yeah. I'd heard that so I um got Nick Nick had like a checklist and it was oh, like good. get the um colostrum stuff out of the freezer and into the cool bag one of the other things was like, I think it was bring like a freezer bag for the placenta because oh, cool. I knew I wanted to take that back. Yeah. And then it was like text Julian mum. <laughs> <laughs> so it was like check, check, check. Yeah. And then grab the hospital bag. So mm-hmm. like he, he was great, like took over, took care of all of that. So I didn't have to think about anything when I was actually in labor. Um, so yeah, so we had that colostrum as like a backup, I guess. Yeah. Um, just to make sure that, you know, she was topped up if she needed to be. And we did, we used a little bit of it, but um, we more just worked on getting the latch right and the midwives helped us. One thing that was a little bit of a downer was because we didn't have the, I think the reason why this happened was because the latch wasn't, you know, 100%. She wasn't straight on like a seasoned mum potentially could be, Mm. you know. Um, the pediatrician came in and he's like, oh, so yeah, you've had this baby, but I hear you want to leave after six hours. Like, and that was the plan. Like if everything goes well, I'd like to not stay the night, um, and just go home to our, our own home and not be in a hospital anymore. 
and we said yeah 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 we we were elated at that point you know like we had this baby she's amazing birth went well I felt like superwoman and then he was just like such a downer in that he was like I really think he's like you know I've had kids and it's really hard and you know there's so many struggles and I really think you should stay at least a night and then the midwives can help you with and teach you you know things about your baby and how and I'm like and now looking back I'm like I don't need someone else to teach me how to look after my baby and Mm. there's different things that they can help with for sure but I'm like and he put a bit of doubt into my mind right and I'm like oh maybe we should stay and then again really grateful for Nick because after he left Nick was like that guy was just like (laughs) so depressing like what (laughs) what a downer and He's like, we've got this. Like, we can, we'll figure it out. Yeah. And also, because she's got family support too. Exactly. Yeah. And also, because I was in the Narama program, my midwife was coming to our house the next day. Right. So she was going to be there the next day, and then the day after that, and then every two days for like a week, and then it would spread out. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm going to see a midwife. Yeah. So anyway. you're, you're being released into the wild with no, with, like, yeah. And also, shout out. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Like, but yeah. It was just very. Um, it was just, yeah, a a bit of a downer, like I said. Yeah. Anyway, so I I almost was like, oh, maybe we'll go up to the wards for a couple of hours. But then I'm like, I don't want to go into a, um, a room that's just got the one hospital bed where Nick can't be, you know, with us. I was like, let's just go home. Like Mm -hmm. what I feel confident, you know, we're just going, we're going to go home. So we did that. And I think we had to like sign like a release form or something as well. Um, yeah, it was all a bit medicalized at that point. Um, but then, yeah, we got to go home and I said, text my mum, I was like, do you want to meet us at home? Like, we've got a baby coming. And so that was, and again, so fun. Um, and then we brought Gracie up in the car seat and she was so tiny. When I look back, the car seat was fully, the capsule thing was on the as tight as it could go oh yeah like gosh, like so yeah. little like the straps were as tight as they could possibly go and then we brought this little tiny doll into and she was wearing um five she was wearing a five x i mean sorry five zero five zeros yeah um at the time she's just this little baby doll and um mom just like burst into tears when she <laughs> saw her and that was and then um, it's funny, I didn't want the midwives really holding her or anything, but as soon as I got home and mum held her, I was just like, I'm going to go have a nap now because <laughs> yeah. I'd been up all night and I had a nap and then mum said that Nick was like talking to her and then he just fell asleep on the couch because <laughs> he was exhausted. I think, you know, all the adrenaline and it's so nice that we had mum though because she was that safe person. Yeah where we did feel like we could just relax yeah. and then she could take Baba. And then we both just slept almost accidentally for like three hours. And mum's just like, hello, little she's baby. Like, yeah. She's like, I'm happy. Yeah. I'm yeah. And she's just like, you know, nice to meet you. And she's just said, then it was just her and Gracie for three hours. And I think that's so lovely because when I look at their relationship now, it's so beautiful and mm. close. And I'm like, yeah, well, she was there from the start. Yeah. Um, so that was beautiful. Yeah. Um, and then I had a little bit of trouble with latching, as I said, Mm -hmm. and, um, I got cracked nipples, um, which was very painful. I remember thinking, oh my gosh, is this breast, is this what breastfeeding is? Like, this is so painful. I can't Mm -hmm. believe people do this. Um, 
and then I did actually use nipple shields to try and because in my mind formula was a last resort for, yeah. for our family so and I really really wanted to breastfeed I could see myself doing it. I really wanted to push through but I was running the risk of like doing more damage um if I didn't have the nipple shields right so I put them on and then we could breastfeed well um without that excruciating pain and then it was just a matter of weaning her off them and getting her getting used to um, latching without the shield and I think that was at about four to five weeks is when I started getting her off and I remember just thinking just feeling like amazing when she was off the shields yeah um just like look at me feeding without (laughs) anything like I'm amazing um so yeah that was really nice and She's 18 months and she's still booby obsessed. <laughs> and you don't have cracked nipples and I don't anymore. Have, no, yeah, exactly. Um, so I am really grateful for that. And I'm really glad that I pushed through and had the support around me to do that to, you know, people, Nick, my mum, oh, do you want me to go and buy some nipple shields rather than do you want me to go and get some formula? Yes. Um, which I think a lot of people experience and and while those the people who are saying that they're just looking out for the mum um at least like it comes from a place of love like they think they are but if they're doing that but the mum really yearns to breastfeed then that's not actually looking out yeah that's interesting it's not as helpful is it because it's it's like it's not as helpful because then you know potentially um you stop messing with her supply and all those things so Yeah, I was really grateful that I had that support around me. Good. Um, and yeah, and then my milk came in properly on day three or four or something. And then, um, yeah, it was all systems go from there, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Um, and you still had your Narama midwives come out and visit and... Yes. Yeah. So I can't remember how long they came to the house. It may have been three weeks. Cool. And then... I transitioned to having a few appointments at the clinic. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, but then by six weeks, I think that's, that's the end of it, which is actually a lot more care than some people receive. Mm-hmm. I think it's more so just when they leave hospital, it's like, Oh, good luck. Um, except for like a, maybe a GP checkup at yes. six weeks. Um, but yeah, it's still not a lot, but then at the same time I felt quite confident in myself and actually when I uh I actually got mastitis though when Gracie was only 11 days old mm-hmm. and it was it went from nothing to full-blown fever and my midwife recommended that I go into the hospital to get it checked get it checked out and then when I was there they were like we actually think we should keep you in overnight and give you IV antibiotics to get rid of this thing mm. um which hindsight, maybe I would have done it differently. Maybe I wouldn't have, um, but I am grateful that it kicked, like it got rid of it pretty much straight away. Um, because it, as I said, it, it went to very severe and I know it can, like I have a, another mum friend who hers turned into like sepsis, like almost instantly. Mm. Um, so I am really grateful that, um, I was able to receive that care. But when I was in there, um, I, I remember the midwife was like, oh, 
um, is this your first baby? And I said, oh yeah. And she's like, oh, you are, you just look like a natural mother, like the way I was feeding her and that sort of thing. So that made me feel really good. Good. (laughs) Yeah. So that was, um, that was really nice to get that feedback and like recognition maybe. Yeah. Because words are so important. Like you were saying with that pediatrician, it's like that was making you second guess your intuition or like how you were feeling as a person. And then conversely, if someone can just say something positive and encouraging, like it really helps. Yeah, yep, yeah, definitely. That's so good. So good. And then, yeah, from then on, I guess, you know, there was always during my preconception, my pregnancy, there's always these, these themes of like wanting to follow my gut and my intuition and do things in a way that made sense to me and that felt right. Mm. And that's just only been more and more heightened. The, the more I've gotten into it and the older Grace has gotten. Um, and as I said, if I do something that's not in line with my gut, then I really regret it. Yeah. And I, and I know like for next time I'm going to follow um, yes. <laughs> how, you know, what I feel. Um, and like, yeah. And for example, one of the things, um, that I ended up doing kind of by accident because we had bought a, um, co-sleeper bassinet to sit beside our bed um, that Gracie would sleep in mm-hmm. and then she never slept in it because <laughs> she ended up just co-sleeping with us in the bed Yeah, and she was just mum joked that she's like have you put down that little dolly today because no. she was just like my little baby doll that I just carried around everywhere um, and <laughs> I was like no why would I <laughs> she's so cute yeah. and I don't have other kids to worry about so yeah. I'm just gonna snuggle this baby all day every day Aww. Um, so yeah, we've always, and, and we have had, um, challenges with that. Like obviously there's days, days that I feel touched out and things like that. But when it comes down to it, sh- I just can't see us doing it any other way. Like yeah. that's what's what felt right for us is, um, yeah, co-sleeping and I still feed her to sleep and you know, that has its challenges as I said, but I, in the same way, it's just what feels right for us totally yeah because it's like you might have challenges as well and like using the sleeping as an example Mm. if that feels intuitively right for you to do that imagine if you know you were saying to someone oh I I feel like I'm having really crap sleep or whatever and they're like oh well why don't you try put it asleep in a different room and like don't get up to her so that you get a good sleep Mm. that would feel really awful for you as well like there's challenges with everything but at least like it feels right for you to do it that way and of course it doesn't mean that it's going to just be like so easy and yeah Yeah, exactly I think you can um you can have challenges despite you choosing like a certain way to do something and that doesn't mean that you should have chosen differently exactly like that's just life that's just life right (laughs) and like there's been there's been multiple times where I've like messaged you and I've been like oh my gosh I'm struggling with her sleep or her you know, her thing is like pinching, like she pinches when <laughs> she falls asleep or when she's feeding. I'm like, how can I go on? But then, you know, something changes and she's not doing that anymore. You're like, oh, that's fine now. And I'm like, oh, it's fine. I'll keep going. And yeah, I think, um, yeah. So I think the biggest like theme throughout this whole thing is just like going with your gut and especially even if you're a first time mum, mm-hmm. like don't think just because you haven't done this before that somebody else knows better than you do mm-hmm. about your own baby and yeah. cuz they don't know you know what feels right for you and your family 
Um, and you and your baby have this connection that's unlike anything else. Like they're a part of you. Um, and I think for us, that was, I literally couldn't even put her over in the bassinet because I was like, no, you're supposed to be yeah. with me. You're, you're, you're part of me. Um, so yeah, the biggest thing I would say to people is even though you're a first time mom, you still know what's best for you and your baby. Mm-hmm. And if you feel like you don't, that's when you can seek advice and talk to friends and, but take everything as information that you could use, but then go with your gut. What you really feel what is you right. Feel. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because other people's opinions are merely just their perception of their lived experience, which is different which from is yours. Different. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So that's yeah. really cool. And I love how you said um, that you didn't want to put it down or like have it too far for you from mm-hmm. you because you feel like you're like the same, like she's part she's of you. She's part of me, yeah. Because that's like that Mama Toto thing. So it's yeah. like it's actually like a thing where yeah. even though she's on the outside now, you are actually still technically like one. Yeah. Yeah. It's really and interesting. It's so beautiful. <laughs> and I love um I don't know if this is actually true, but you know how they <laughs> I say like to I it. like to believe this is what I like to believe. <laughs> how they say that babies usually say dada first. Yeah. Um but like it could be just because that's easier to say, but the way I like to think of it is they say dada because they see dada as a separate being. Right. Whereas they don't say mama because they just think that they yeah. are with You're me. mama. Like, like, yeah, like yeah. we are one, which I think is so beautiful. Yeah, that's super cool. So, yeah. Oh, thank you so much for sharing all of that. And honestly, because we met while we were both pregnant, like you're yeah. obviously pregnant with Gracie, I was pregnant with Callie. And it's been such a cool journey to go through to watch you go through your pregnancy and, you know, give birth and become a mother. And like, you know, we're 18 months into this. Yeah. And it's just been really, really like a joy to watch you be, become the mother that you are. Thank Um, you. That's so nice. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So thank you so much for sharing that because I feel like, you know, whoever's listening will really get a lot of really good information out of it. And, Mm. um, you know, hopefully it will be impactful in the way that they mother or if, you know, mm. they're going to go on to have a baby or whatever. So yeah. you'll have to come on and speak when you have the next one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see so, how it goes. Thank you so much. Okay. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you'd like to share the love or get in contact with us for feedback or a chance to be a guest on the show, you can contact us at www.daisy.com.au. That's www.daisy.com.au. Or on our Instagram at the oxytocin hour, all one word. I appreciate you taking the time to tune in and I hope you've gained something positive from listening. Until next time.